Big problems can be solved when smart minds and good hearts get together. Being exposed to a connected network of diverse voices, opinions and characteristics can truly expand one's ability to get an accurate picture of the environment and to make the best decisions for self and organization. This podcast brings together an ecosystem of next practice innovators and influencers to talk about the leadership practices required to shape a better, connected and safer world. Welcome to Inspire Next Leadership Podcast with your host, Mark Reinecke, co-founder of the STAR program. Hi there. It's great to have you in another episode of Inspire Next Leadership Podcast. This week, we are joined by John Trouble. John has been a pioneer in revolutionizing mobile technology and its uses at the forefront of the latest insecure wireless 5G, cloud, SaaS applications, cyber economics, and sophisticated data analytics. He has built successful companies by breaking into new markets and repurposing and capitalizing technology to realize commercial expansion and drive global market growth in new sectors. Through his company, GLA Advisors, John advises clients on funding, growth, turnarounds and or divestment of industry-transforming technology companies. John, just to set the ground for those of us listening to who are not in the tech space, can you share what is 5G and how different it is going to be from 4G, which we have today? Yeah, well, I appreciate it. And I appreciate the starting point question because I think it's one that uh, many people uh, may not fully appreciate. But to put it in the most simplistic terms, you know, 5G is, you know, referred to as fifth generation wireless. And why we should care about it is it's 10x faster than 4G. We have 10x the number of connected devices. And in my view, it's the first time we have ubiquity between wired and wireless connectivity for speed and access as those two worlds start to merge. But it's really about um, uh, the explosion of connectivity, connectivity and the number of devices. But But with the explosion of the number of devices also comes a new set of challenges. Now we have many more data access points to our networks, many more uh, access points to our data and our information. So I think historically we've thought about wireless in the different generations being about faster voice, you know, faster surfing of the Internet. I think with uh, the fifth generation, you know, Internet or fifth generation wireless, and when we start to see that ubiquity and the explosion of those connected devices, we're going to see many more cybersecurity threats, and we're going to recognize that the real value of 5G is the enabling of data and the explosion of data for new applications and use cases. Thanks a lot, John. Uh, it really sets the ground, and if we go a little bit further... Uh, what do you think about if 5G has the potential of enabling an explosion of data, in particular of the industrial Internet of Things? Um, what kind of next generation of digital jobs or connected jobs would it create? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. And that's one that, uh, you know, uh, crosses my mind as well, is that I think with, with 5G, you know, it is the, it is the enabler of uh, Industry 4.0, and there, there are many, and I would agree, that digitalization has already presented itself in Industry 4.0, but what, what Industry 4.0 is really about is about real-time data, 
and real-time access to data information for making decisions. And I think we're already seeing, you know, the, the beginning of job growth as it relates to digitization and, and the impacts of that on us as a, as a society and as well as we think about retooling for manufacturing and, and future factories and, and these types of services. But I think what's going to happen is, you know, it's going to create this demand for more skilled craftsmen. And whether that be, you know, uh, data field data center technicians, 5G has edge data centers where you're going to have micro data centers out into the field where people will need to be out servicing those data centers or whether it's the servicing installation of antennas is with 5G. There's, you know, it's uh, far more dense as far as the number of antennas that are needed to provide those services. I think we're going to see the, uh, uh, the, the skill set uh, or skilled craftsmanship, if you will, uh, uh, evolve. And that's where we're going to see a lot of job growth uh, into the future. But I also think that there's, you know, you know, and that's just on a more manufacturing industrial IoT perspective. I think if you were to look at on the software side of the world, because 5G is also heavily, you know, software centric, we're going to see, you know, hardware, uh, the evolution of the hardware into more software, uh, software-defined networking and, and applications and services. And we're going to see, you know, an increased demand for cybersecurity and how it is we protect not just our network, but how do we protect all the things connected to our network or all the things connected even within our home. Thanks a lot, John, for this insight. And um, I remember a conversation you and I had uh, previously uh, on as well on the downsides of 5G because actually, actually you brought it up and you basically raised my attention on this topic because we were talking about 3G, the history of 2G, 3G, 4G, 5G, uh, and the risks in particular in terms of cybersecurity. Can you tell us a little bit about what you think? You are a trusted advisor. You used to be a trusted advisor to the White House. Um, what do you personally think about yeah, the downsides of 5G, and in particular with regards to cybersecurity? Yeah, I think about the uh, the downsides of, of 5G being about the ultimately the explosion of data that it generates. And there, there's a really good Netflix uh, movie called The Social Dilemma, which is all about, you know, the use of data for, for enterprise use cases, for the manipulation of human behavior, for acquisition or purchase of things, or how do we keep people more engaged on the Internet to drive more advertising revenue. But if you start to think about the explosion of data and the explosion of devices, we start to get much more more granular in our understanding of people, places, and things. And I, th I think where where the risk, the, the downside of five G is, when we step back, it's not about connectivity or connectivity speed. It's about it's about how we um, manage access and govern uh, govern access to the use of data. And if you look at it politically, you take, just take really big picture. You can say, well. You know, arguably, the West and democracy tends to be more open. Maybe, uh, you know, the East has a, has a different, you know, political uh, philosophy uh, in, in how it is they, they manage uh, their citizens. But they both have access to the same thing, which is vast amounts of data. And with vast amounts of data, you're able to manipulate, you know, things or you're able to influence things. And we've seen that play out, starting to play out in even some of some of our elections. Well, imagine the 10x explosion of, of data and information. And so from a cyber perspective, then you start to think about, okay, 
Well, privacy, you know, the West might advocate, you know, privacy and anonymity, whereas, you know, the, the East may, may feel that, you know, gov- governmentally that our citizens, you know, want to uh, comply with maybe a different set of rules and things are, are more open. Those two philosophical differences will drive the use of data and the use of information. And how is that going to be used? I mean, what we're seeing, what 5G is going to do with the explosion of all the data, and if we don't have the right privacy and cyber policies in place for the use of that data information, we're going to have real challenges because we're now starting to see both politically, socially, even professionally, and, and from a familiar perspective, how all of our data information is all coming together. It's no longer just about, I happen to sit on my computer and I was on the web, or I happen to ask, access Instagram through my mobile phone it starts to bleed over into the next generation of economic growth and development. And well, now in industry 4.0, I'm thinking about, you know, the use of real-time data and information. And how do I protect that? How do I protect my state trade secrets? How do I protect my employees? How do I protect, you know, the intellectual property that we've spent years and years developing? So I think it opens up a lot of, a lot of questions around, uh, you know, the use of data and information and that, you know, cybersecurity is going to be play a much more prominent role, not only the, the actual software tools we use to protect, you know, the data and information, but also cyber policy. And what is our what is our view within nation, you know, politically for how it is we help protect our citizens? Um. That's interesting. Uh, thanks a lot, John, for these insights. Um, any any word you have, any thoughts you have on uh, potential geopolitical relationships for the rest of the world um, on 5G and cybersecurity? Mm. Well, I think uh, I think that's starting to 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 play out. And you know, historically, you know, we've always collaborated with the uh, the different standards. And, you know, that's been a, a rallying cry for, for globalization and, and global communication for how it is we, we do things. But you could see that in the future that, uh, you know, geopolitically, based on policy decisions or based on, you know, how a particular nation chooses to protect its citizens, that we may see, you know, a, a more simplistic standard with maybe you could even see nation-specific you know, uh, implementations of uh, additional features that go above and beyond what the standard calls for, all with an, an eye towards, you know, cyber protection or protection of our citizens and their information and their data. So, I, so I, I would not surprise me at all to see that there's some sort of splintering of the standards in the future, if you will, or uh, uh, even maybe competing standards uh, based on, you know, how we govern or how it is we look to protect our citizens and, and you know, our nations. John, John we talked about, a lot about the the upside and the downsides of 5G and uh, particular of the industrial Internet of Things, the industrial IoT. Um, any thoughts you might have, because you are a trusted uh, advisor of many, many companies um, and high-level uh, politicians, Yeah, on cybersecurity, who should take the lead yeah, in ensuring cybersecurity of 5G? Is, are these the governments? Mm. Are these the, the businesses? You spoke about employees. What are your thoughts on that? 
Well, that's a good question. I think the, I think the reality is that, you know, who will take the lead will be private industry, but who should take the lead would be government, should be government. And I say that because we all look to our government for being responsible for, you know, our, uh, our, our physical, you know, uh, security or our security, you know, at a, at a nation state level. So it's only expected that as our digital world and our physical worlds collide and they merge uh, into the future, that we would look to our government to make sure that the appropriate laws, rules and regulations are in place. Unfortunately, though, I think the reality is that today's that in today's world that most lawmakers, you know, didn't grow up in a hyper-connected digital world. And what we're seeing is we're seeing, you know, uh, the techno- technologists, if you will, and the use of data and information, which is, you know, where 5G is an underpinning of the explosion of that, it's going to become much more mainstream. And when that starts to become mainstream, it raises a, a whole host of additional questions. And so I think we're at a you know, for the next foreseeable future are going to be struggling with, uh, you know, how we uh, uh, regulate and, and how it is we manage cybersecurity policy as it relates to data and information into the future. And I think that 5G is only going to help uh, or will will shine a further spotlight on that just because of the, the explosion of, of devices and issues that could come with it. That makes perfectly sense. And thanks for that. A topic we have never discussed before. We have different standards in terms of data protection. As our company is based in Europe and we have different rules like you in the US or some companies in Asia, any thoughts you have on cybersecurity and GDPR? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's good to see that we're at least, you know, recognizing the importance of privacy as it relates to data and information. Uh, and it's a starting point. Is it the answer? Uh, no, I think it's a, uh, it, it will be a evolution, not a revolution. And I think that the real explosion of data has yet to even come. I think when, when 5G is finally here, when we're talking about how do we protect the, uh, industrial, uh, the industrial internet of a private 5G network for one of the largest manufacturers in our particular nation, we're going to be, you know, really pressed uh, on, on our cybersecurity policies. And it's going to go far beyond just, you know, consumer protection for the use of my data and information. It's going to bleed over into the enterprise world and how it is we do business into the future. That, thanks for that, John. And uh, I have one more question for you, which might be of uh, interest for our audience. Yeah. Do you, holistically, yeah, and looking behind the the beyond the risk and the the upside and downside, the collective impact five G could have for ecosystems, for economies, for geopolitical relationships. Um, what is your view of what five G could do on the future? Oh, well, you know, I, I think you know, I, you know, the, our topic here is you know cybersecurity and five G. So I'm you know, often, you know, delved into the world thinking about, you know, security concerns and how do we protect the, you know, networks and, and data and, and information. But it, it doesn't go uh, unnoticed on my part that the, the explosion of, of digitization, you know, in, in use of this information, I think 5G is going to 
you know, the, the, the next wave of reindustrialization and manufacturing as we know it. I think it's again, I think it's going to be a catalyst for new job creation. I think it's going to be a catalyst for new economic growth. I think, you know, we're going to see, uh, uh, you know, an accelerated pace, uh, if you will, on the use of data and information for new businesses or new ideas coming to market. I think it's going to be a, it's a great thing for, for all of us. It's, but it's a little like letting the, as we say in the GUS sometimes, letting the genie out of the bottle is that now it is the, uh, uh, the digital world, if you will, is very much the wild, wild west. And when we start to, you know, really unleash the power of 5G and we, you know, the 10x data, uh, creation that comes with that, it becomes even harder to manage and regulate. So, so I think for, for my part, I try to do, you know, create awareness, help people understand, have visibility to understanding that this is not about just faster voice and faster movie watching. This is about, you know, laying the underpinnings for the next wave of economic growth for us uh, globally and that we need to all get aligned and understand what that means and how do we protect information and do it responsibly by not also limiting economic growth and opportunity. So, but I'm a big believer in 5G. I think it's going to, uh, you know, change the world. We're going to see lots of new services uh, that we've, we've yet to envision uh, come out into the future. John, we learned a lot from you about the evolution of 2G, 3G, 4G and 5G, as well as cybersecurity and its related risks. Now, I would like to know from you, me as a normal end user who uses his 5G enabled phone, not only for private, but also for company purposes, who travels around the world and therefore has all kinds of application installed and uses its digital services. What risks do you see there? Should I be more cautious with certain applications and even delete some of the applications? What do you think? Yeah, well, I think there's a, it's, it's a good question. I, I have a Uh, you know, some rules in my own household about, you know, what apps, uh, you know, the family does and doesn't use. But, you know, there, there's this saying that, uh, you know, if you didn't pay for the product, you are the product. And what that means is that you're, you, when you use some of these apps and services, you are freely giving over your data and the use of your information. And so when you use some of these free apps, such as, you know, a WeChat or, or uh, you know, some of these other services, You know, there's nothing to prohibit, you know, the bread coming in or the tracking of you or where you go or what your physical habits might be or, and again, all building a, a profile on you. And I think as, you know, there, there are different use cases just for the collection of that information alone. From a consumer perspective, it might mean, well, I want to deliver more targeted advertising. I want to deliver, you know, services when they're in a particular geofenced area because it's of greater value to the consumer. But from a defense industry perspective, you can look at it and go, well, I'm capturing a lot of human intel about, you know, uh, people who I may want to uh, 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 track or am interested in what they, where they go and, and what it is they do. So, and this gets to, to the kind of a core issue of the power of data, right? And, you know, we, we keep talking about data, but then when you take data to the next level and say, well, how is data, data generated? It's generated through everything that you do, everything that you're doing on your mobile device, everything that we are doing within our enterprises as we start to think about, you know, Industry 4.0 is about data. But at a personal level, yes, you should just understand that when you download these applications and services, that you are more than likely opting in for them to 
use all of your data and information. John, thanks so much for joining us and sharing your insights. Um, we have been knowing each for a couple of years, and uh, I know you as somebody who always speaks his mind and uh, is very direct, straight to the point, and you don't hide behind a bush uh, when you have to criticize something and give good advice how to improve it. Uh, and I think some people uh, listening to us and to this podcast would like to connect with you. How can they reach out to you? Can they connect you via LinkedIn? Can they connect you via email? Uh, because I'm sure after this podcast, many, many people would like to get in touch with you and to know a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, LinkedIn is always a, a great way to, to send me a note uh, through LinkedIn is, is wonderful. Or you can, can reach out to my, my firm's website, uh, JLA Advisors, and, uh, and look me up that way. And, and I believe I can send me an email through, uh, through the website as well. But happy to continue the conversation and, uh, with anyone who'd like to uh, explore further uh, on this topic and, and share some points of views. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Inspire Next Leadership, produced by Serene Cheng and Victor Ertl, with support from our friends in the STAR program. We look forward to having you with us again in the next episode. Until then, stay well and stay inspired.